is the audience ready for the genuineness, authenticity, and the rawness that's going to come with mm. the conversation? Because it's like, yeah, you want to talk about it until it's time to talk about it. And then you don't want to talk about it no more. Are you over 40? Do you feel like you're stuck? Maybe you've always had this knowing that you're meant to do more. Well, on the other side of fear is exhilaration. Your life has purpose. You were born to make an impact. Dear Midlife is about triumphing over life's adversities together and empowering women over 40 to navigate with strength and courage all of the messiness of life. Hi, I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, full-time single mother of two teenage girls, world traveler, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired little girl living in a grown woman's body that's still full of spunk, charm, and sass with a sprinkle of some black girl magic. We are both a work in progress, and together we are here to link arms with you as we make it our mission to be our best selves and share tips, tricks, and expert advice through no-holds-barred conversations for navigating the ups and downs that come with living life in the middle. Hello, dear Midlife listeners. I am so excited this week because we are using a little bit of a different interview format and we hope to use this approach, you know, once a month to kind of generate new interest, new excitement and infuse new voices into the conversation because using this approach, we are going to actually have a panel of six women come together to discuss a very specific topic. And our topic this week happens to be dating in midlife. Our goal was to make this conversation feel like you're having happy hour with some of your best girlfriends. And true to our no holds barred approach, the conversation is very honest and authentic, and it dwells on topics that people question in their own minds, but might not really be willing to have an open dialogue about. So we're going to explore some questions like, does sex require an emotional connection or why does society dictate that a monogamous relationship is the only approach? We ask ourselves, how do we change the social or even internal narrative about what is acceptable and what is taboo about dating and relationships? We ask, how do we create a space for ourselves and for our partners in which we can openly communicate our needs so that we can ensure that intimacy is a pleasurable experience for both parties? And we even talk about how do we reconcile these choices with our own morals, values, and maybe even religious beliefs and doctrines. So, girls, this is real and raw. Grown folks only in this episode. <laughs> If you enjoy the conversation, please take the opportunity to leave a review and share the episode with a friend. You may even email us at dearmidlife at gmail.com to suggest additional topics of interest. Again, we hope this interview process appeals to you and we'll anticipate using this approach probably once a month just to generate new conversations and introduce new voices. Thanks and enjoy the show. This is the very first episode of Dear Midlife's Keep It Real crew. <laughs> I love it. I love I'm curious, are there any like rules about talking about sex or sex? No. So we try to be we try to be a little bit cute and a little bit nice on our regular podcast episodes, but on the Keep It Real crew, honey, y'all have one job. And it is to right. what? Keep right. it real. real. Yep. And it's so, funny, since our launch, there have been so many people that have reached out to us and, you know, they've given us reviews and told us how much they like, and then they just blather off the list of all the things that they want to talk about and want us to talk yeah, about right. in right. their life. Awesome. And at the top of the list, always dating in midlife. <laughs> we are ready. <laughs> the question really is, is the audience ready for the genuineness, authenticity, and the rawness that's going to come with mm. the conversation because it's like, yeah, you want to talk about it until it's time to talk about it. And then you don't want to talk about it no more. <laughs> well, honey, we're about to find out, aren't we? Grown <laughs> folks only today. Grown, grown, grown folks, folks only. only. <laughs> 
All right. So I think we should probably go around the room and maybe just introduce ourselves. My name is Shelby and I live in Houston, Texas, and I have been divorced since 2016. So I've been in the dating pool since January of 2016. So I guess that's about what, six years now? Wait, she said I got divorced in 2016. So I've been in the dating pool since January 2016. We didn't waste any time. No time. You did not waste any time. Oh, hell no. I literally immediately jumped straight into the dating pool feet first right in the deep end right so i was not messing around and have been on probably hundreds of dates by the age of 48. so that is me trinity how about you i'm trinity i live here uh in the state of washington near tacoma i like shelby am divorced was divorced in april 2017 may or may not have started also dating in January. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. It's possible. And I tell you, like Shelby, it's been hundreds of dates. It has been frog after frog after frog. Ooh, this one might be a prince. God damn you, a frog in a prince suit. So <laughs> I've had a lot of that. And it's just good to know I'm not alone. Good to know I'm not alone. All right, so I am 43. The last serious relationship I had was probably six years ago. Since that relationship where I was trying to mesh worlds with my two children and mm. this guy's mm. child, and it just was complicated and I didn't like it. And life is hard in my day-to-day mundane, like what's for dinner? What's in my lunch? When are you going to get it? You know, like all that kind of stuff we do as moms. I just yeah. was like, I look at dating as kind of like, my own time. And so I've kind of kept things really light, which has been fun. I'm kind of secretive, but yeah, I've been officially like single, single, probably the last six years and just, you know, mingle when I want to mingle and then do my own thing. Heather, you got this thing on you. I think there's some stories under there, honey. (laughs) We're going to pull them out of you. So I am Diana. I am currently stationed in Oregon Station because I'm in the Army, uh, which affects my dating life greatly. And the reason that I say dating with uh, air quotes is because um, after being invited to this podcast, I realized I don't date. I have lots (laughs) of situationships. I have some right now. Uh, And... So the last time I had an official boyfriend was in 2017. It was this whirlwind crash bang type of thing. Um, And then it didn't work because Heather, it's, you know, I was so used to like dating and secret and private. And it's not this thing that comes into my real life. And so I didn't know what to do when it comes Mm. into your real life. Like you're here all the time. Get away from me. You make me itch kind of thing. Um, So I'm already taking care of two children. I don't need to pick up your underwear or like figure out what you need. You got to figure out what you need. Cause I can't, I, I don't have time for you. I got my son and yeah, so that's that's me. I I was on Facebook dating today because Trinity was like, you know, just don't give up on love. And then I was like, I don't think I want to do this. <laughs> there is I'm giving it up. Pee. It's asparagus pee. You're not gonna make me believe it's not. It is right. And Diana's <laughs> not just in the army. Diana is career army. What are we? Twenty years now. Yeah, yeah. twenty two now. Um, this will be twenty three. Um. And so, yeah, once we get into the conversation, we'll talk about how that dynamic works because I'm, I just, I tell you that I, you're mine and this is how this is going to work, but that's not how dating works for real. So I'm having to adjust to not telling a man that we go together. And so yeah. he's like, you, you're <laughs> Sergeant major at work, ma'am. Right. Master Sergeant, whatever you, that's you at work, ma'am. At not work. <laughs> All right. Now we'll go Michelle and then Kimberly. I am Michelle and I am 38. So a little, I'm getting closer to 39 though. And I am in Phoenix, Arizona. So lovely warm state. I got divorced way back in 2009. Um, Married young, divorced very young. And I have been single for nine years. So the entirety Mm. of my thirties, I have been single and like Diana, lots of situationships, but even those are fewer and far between anymore. So single as a Pringle over here, just (laughs) 
doing my thing. <laughs> we'll put everybody's pictures out and this this episode will also double as an advertisement. Yeah. Oh, no, you can advertise my work picture. I'm getting ready to go to work, girl. You need to, uh the Saturday <laughs> send, send me send me your headshot, honey. <laughs> We're not taking a screenshot of this. No, oh, right. we are not. The master no. of kung fu is not really a flirty move there. <laughs> All right. I'm Kimberly and I'm a sex, love and relationship coach. And I specialize in conscious dating. And I had my heart broken in 2019. Mm. So March 13th, 2020, I picked myself up. I'm like, no more of this bullshit. I'm going to go out and date. I was living in France at the time. March 14th, 2020, the whole world shuts it down. <laughs> I am that is not a sign from Jesus. I don't know what it is. You That's like the country of love. Wait a minute. I need this story. It's also the country of lockdown. It was right. so lockdown. France was so locked down. So I met 11 men while I was in France and then I came back to the US and I've met 20 since then. I'm on kind of a mission. Um, I've had a lot of fantastic dates. My problem is the really smart, interesting ones I like to hang out with aren't the good D. The good yeah. D is dumb. Oh, oh I can't yeah. wait to hear Ooh, more about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't well, know if anyone yeah. else has had that experience. Mm-mm, I, I have good, smart D right now. Ooh, so nice. Oh, really? Yeah. And do you command that smart D like in the army? Is that part of the thing? Like, is that a, does that work in your favor? Does that work against you? So one, Mm. he's retired Marine. I think it works in my favor because they understand my strength and they're not intimidated by it. So it works. Mm. And they can wow. take orders, right? Isn't that the whole point? <laughs> I don't give orders. Isn't that the whole point? Not. I can't handle it. I can't handle telling a man what to do. It irritates Especially me. not in the bedroom. No. no. Thank no. you. <laughs> I mean, you we'll get to that when we talk out. about the problem with dating men over 40, right? Like, you if I have to tell like you, then this is a problem. I don't have time. <laughs> That's a problem. What has been the most challenging part about dating over 40? So we heard that the guys are not intelligent. They should be experienced, right? For me, they want babies. I have a 20-year-old. It's like no whammies, no babies, no babies, exactly. no babies. Yeah, we're done I, with I've the babies. I've had a lot, a lot of men who have come out of long, sexless marriages, so they're not mm. experienced lovers. Oh. They actually don't know what they you know, I have been finding the same thing, Kimberly, because, yeah, they've only been with one person for 20 years, and they haven't really been experiential in those relationships. Yeah. And after 40, sometimes you just can't get it up anymore. I had sex with a 70 year old three times in one day. So you never oh know. God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hold up now, Kimberly. We need to hang out, Kimberly. When you come I, in, I, mean, I, I mean, you just touched on all sorts of questions that I have right now, <laughs> which is number one, I think that there's so many taboos out there that maybe we're discounting a portion of the population because we make these preconceived judgments before we even go on the first date. Yes. But you know, I have also another friend in my life that I shall remain nameless that is also dating someone, I think maybe in their late 70s and having a fabulous time. Really? And so I'm curious how that transpired and what your experience was. Wow. Yeah, what I, I I can't put my finger on it, but I've met men who were like 39 and things got a little mushy. It really isn't just age. It's uh, fitness, health, self-awareness, insecurities. Wow. It's yeah. hard for men out there to not be hard. It's really hard. <laughs> it's hard to not be hard. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> How did you meet this guy, Kimberly? Oh, he's like a friend of a friend. I met him at the ATM. <laughs> Apparently, I need to go to the ATM. We're going to the ATM. That ain't the new hangout. Like, you know, no longer do you go to nice bars or dining. You just go to right. the ATM and, <laughs> and hope you find somebody the that's ATM. willing and ready. At least you know they got home. a bank account. Exactly. I will say it was very early in the morning. That's when the 70 year olds are there. <laughs> oh yeah. I get up early. So this is golden. This is perfect. Yeah, it's like Costco's hours right there. That All right. Sense. And he he was capable is what I'm trying to get totally. to. Everything worked fantastically. So I, you know, I think it's all over the map. Damn, wow. girl. Here's what I find my problem to be in dating over 40. I'm 50 now, so I really could say dating over 50. I have two problems. Number one problem is this. Apparently, I am every married man's fantasy. Mm, Preach. 
Preach. Every married man want to hook up with me. And I'm like, I'm about to call your wife. I'm done. Right. With you. But they don't want to tell you up front, right? They're going to mm-hmm. keep it on the down low. And by the time I see you next, I have already, I've got your social security number. I've investigated you on Facebook and LinkedIn. I know where you live. I know if you own the house. I know what you bought it for. I know what it's for. Stop. Stop ah. with your shenanigans and your foolishness. Okay. So that's number one. Be single. I don't know why they don't want to be single. Like be single and then pursue. It's ridiculous. Number two is this. Things will be fine. We'll have a fine first date. It will be nice if I decide that I like want to see your face again, which happens very, very rarely. We'll go on a second date, a third date. You might even get to come to my house. It is when they come to my house, Mm. they see the reality that, oh, she actually has all of her shit together. Oh, yeah. Like every piece of her shit is together. From the house to the car, to my 20 year old son, to my clothes, to my cleaning, to my cooking. And then they get insecure and they're like, there's nothing about her that I need to fix. And they Mm -hmm. start to get scared and they say weird words. Like I'm not worthy of you. She won't need me. She right. won't need me. They need to be yeah. needed. Exactly. And so me as a 50 year old woman, I don't know where that turn on the, oh, I need for you to need me switch <laughs> is. I don't know where that switch is oh. that makes you feel manly enough to go on for the fourth date after you've seen that I have all my shit together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are my problems at dating over 40. I have been told I am intimidating because I have my shit together. And I'm like, well, it's not all together, but still, like, I can take care of myself. What do you want me to do? Live with my mommy and daddy? Like, right. I don't, I don't like that. A man needing me. I don't know what that is. That's weird to me. Right. Um, I feel like somebody else is in a mother role. I'm not going to be your mommy dearest. I just can't do that Mm -hmm. for you. I think a lot of American men, and I'm going to say this, having lived a lot of my life in Europe, are not comfortable being lovers. They don't know how to inhabit that role of like Mm. being a seductive lover kind of guy they know like let me fix your gate right like i need to be and it's not is that the mad men the mad men tv shows all of the stuff that we kind of our country grew up as men in that type of role and it Mm -hmm. might be and by the way i do need my gate fixed if there are any men out. you know what i'm saying you can come (laughs) over i mean i think that's an interesting point well of course like i want them to come fix things when i want them to fix things right but the idea is that like i think that's that ties into like as being a single mom like especially as my kids have gotten older like this idea of dating and you coming in and giving me this white picket fence reality yeah no, I'm, I'm a badass badass I bitch kids that's on my right. own. they're about to go to college both of them are in the top six percent of their class exactly. and i have done that on my own yeah so going back to what kimberly says if i invite you in my life i don't need you to come fix anything or save me from something that i am not doing. exactly i'm doing everything just right what I need you to be is my sexual partner. What mm-hmm. I need you to be is to be romantic and sensual yes. and take me places and let's have some experiences together because my white picket fence dream, that whole like once I was married and now I'm not and now yeah. I expect everything to pr- be perfect. I'm past that. I, I built that. I built that. I have my house. I have my children that are fabulous and not even so much academically. They're decent human beings. Like you yeah. meet my kids. Right. They are people that you're like, you are a decent human being. I mean, they have flaws. Don't get me wrong. For but sure. it takes a lot to raise empathetic, yes. loving children Absolutely. that know how to get their shit done. Absolutely. And I take full pride in that. And so that's yep. my problem with dating is this idea that you're going to come in and swoop and save me. And I don't know how many times I've turned down offers. And it's like, mm. I don't want to be a kept woman. I'd rather live in my simple house yeah. where I'm in control and in charge than have to take on roles that I'm not prepared to take on. What I need you to right. do is I need you to pleasure me when I need to be pleasured. Ooh, I, yes, need I, need. Dinner. I need a the vacation. I need to step Just... away from my responsibilities and you show me a good time. And if you can handle that and not come feel like on. you have to come over all the time and sit on my couch, we're going to get along just great. Listen, that part. <laughs> Talking to the box and then that's it. 
just <laughs> yes yes <laughs> so kimberly uh relationship sex dating expert yes like fix us like what is this is it us is it them is there something in the middle that we can or should be doing how do we work through this dynamic obviously it's a thing so I, I feel sorry for men because they don't know what to do. And I blame, I'm sorry, I blame a lot of women. Like these are men who, who you know, just were kind of lame husbands. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually they got the boot and no one said, dude, your privilege is getting in the way of you showing up like you need to mm-hmm. in this world. And I go out with men and I say, hey, you're talking about yourself too much. This, I'm not into this. Man. Like no one's ever said that. So you I actually say that straight up with them like that. Yeah. And I, I, a man was going down on me. I was like, no, 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 honey. No, that does not feel good. He's like, no one else has ever complained. Let me tell you, I have this thing. It's called the shoulder tap, right? So I know people get nervous. They have performance anxiety. Okay, please. Because you tap them I, on the shoulder. I do. I'm you're going to get tapped right here. And that I'm going to tap out. Tap and move because I don't think about it as even though there's situationships, I know that I'm going to allow you to experience my soul and I want to experience your soul. I want it to be an experience. So whatever you got going on, you need to, I don't care. I want you to bring your A game because I'm bringing mine. We're going to crash bang, see the stars and go home. So, (laughs) and I don't like talkers. I want to know likes and dislikes, of course. But I don't like, yeah, girl, you know what I'm saying? I'm a black right. Okay, it sounds good. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Who's oh, your daddy? baby, yeah. Diana's doing the work that's going to make these guys better for with whoever else they encounter. Because you woke but them up to pay them. attention. I, <laughs> I, I think that's what we all need to do is like re- be really brutally honest with these guys. Like there's a lot of pussy you are not getting. You want to know why? Mm. I can tell you why. You need Ooh. to learn to ask mm. questions. Yeah, to ask consent like too fast, too slow. Do you like this? And you'll you'll get so many lovers, dude. Oh, yes, it makes me uncomfortable. No it does. Fast. It makes me uncomfortable in the moment. Like I don't want to talk about it. It's, that's weird. There's really? something wrong with me there, huh? I don't want to talk about it. But I do think that conversation is actually really important if Absolutely. you want to be satisfied. Because you know, here's the thing about guys: a dick is a dick, right? Like those guys can get off. Every guy gets off the same way. Guess what? Every one of our vaginas on here is way different. Right. So like oh, the reality is they don't know what to do because maybe they've only had one vagina in their whole life mm-hmm. or their last vagina to Kimberly's point, did it like it like this? And it was an honest vagina. And like they don't know what to do with that shit, right? They are single-minded because they know that they can get off no matter what, because that's the guys are just the same all the time. But when you have to figure out every vagina, then wow. that's a different story. And that's really a hard task. And so that's why I think the conversation is really so, so explain now. our personal vaginas up front so they know well, what I to also, do. But I think that's an important part of dating in your 40s, right? Like we're past all that young stuff, right? Yes. Like, you know yeah. what makes you happy, right? Yep. <laughs> and I don't know about all of y'all, but I'm pretty confident in my skills to make yes, other ma'am. people happy. Yes. <laughs> but I'm also willing to take, you know, some like it slower, some like it faster. But I get up there and get dirty, so we're good, right? I so knew I, you were a closet freak. I knew it. I knew it. I knew, it. I knew you had a freak flag. I look very it. classy, um, but you know. I just want to know how do you that- put your hair in a ponytail, classy? I need the class on because I be it's a mess. <laughs> See, when it comes down to that moment when the lights are off, it just you know flip <laughs> just so it ain't in my face and in my. I mouth. am dead. I am dead right now. She just put her hair up, y'all, and showed us <laughs> for the sex. But the point being, we get to this point, right? We have to value that sexual intimacy as much as we value connecting with them and having great conversations, right? Because we've kind of, we're at least for me, like I'm at that point where that is equally as important in my life, being satisfied mm-hmm. and being, being able to vocalize my needs from mm-hmm. a partner. Because I think as women, we have spent many years when we were younger and growing, trying to please men, right? <laughs> trying to do things that Everybody. made them happy because we wanted them to accept us and love us yes. and marry us and do all these things. Well, now we transitioned into this point where we've like 
you know, we've created our own lives, developed our careers, become our own women, raised children on our own. Like now it's like, no, I'm not going to waste my time with someone yes. that if I say slow down and go left, I need you to slow down and go left. Mm. It's that simple. It's that simple. Otherwise it's over. I'm not going to waste my time. I might as well go home and watch Netflix. And to I can do a better job on my own. Because you're dishonoring your body. Yes. Yeah. Right. You know, but I, I was just going to say, I, I want you to be able to slow down and go left, but I also want you to be able to carry on a conversation because to me, the intimacy starts outside of the bedroom. You guys, I am literally tricking men into having conversations with me because they don't know how I'm like, let's play a game. I'm going to ask you a question. No holds barred. And all you have to do is answer honestly. And then, hey, guess what? You ask ask me a question and I'll answer whatever you want to. And I like literally make it into a game and they're like, oh yeah, that sounds like fun. Let's yeah. do that. <laughs> and so are it's they asking the fucking conversation? Are they asking you questions? Are they? They are asking me questions. Yeah, but I almost, I literally have to trick them into asking the questions. I literally have to trick them into asking the questions. And then they pretty fast go to, oh, how old were you when you lost your virginity? And what's your favorite oh position? <laughs> but I don't care about that. I want to talk about that shit too. But, you know. Better question. I would show you a lot of skills you probably never see. Thank you. <laughs> That part. So in, in line with what Kimberly was talking about. So I didn't know that having working parts all the time was a thing at my age. So he's like, why is it always wet? And I'm like, I don't understand what your question is. Uh, and that makes me feel weird. Like something's wrong. I don't no, know. baby, that is very right. <laughs> you are like, blessed. I know. I don't know. It's just always been like that. But that's another intimidating factor outside of having your shit together. It's like, oh, it works. Like, yes. Yeah. I'm only yeah. 40. Like, what you mean? Is it not supposed to work? I don't know. No, it is supposed to work, but not everybody's <laughs> does, honestly. And that's a real challenge, I think, as you do age. And that's a big fear of mine is that it all all the shit works down there right now. But I'm 48 and I'll be 49 this year. Just take your lube wherever you go and you'll be fine, honey. There we go. Fine. Lube it up. I love it. But I also think that speaks volumes to like historically, like how women haven't put themselves first in terms of satisfaction, right? So this true. idea that we have sex to get approval and to get acceptance and love from men, but we mm -hmm. haven't actually had sex for ourselves. Yeah. And that's a powerful so thing. True. Yeah. Right? I have to take ownership of your body and ownership over your sexuality and to pleasure yourself and to, to, to know what someone else can do in those moments. Like that is not something that all women do. And so yeah. you know, men who have been with those women don't have experiences with yeah. women that say, no, this isn't yeah. just about you. It is also about me. Right. Mm -hmm. It is about you, you and me, but so it's right. together. Right. I heard this whole TED talk actually about this and how women need to be better at articulating what it is that pleasures them and that it starts with pleasuring yourself, right? Absolutely. Yes, you do it. Don't you let a boy tell you what you like. You figure out what you like because the reality is that boy knows what, you know, this man has told him about this one woman, et cetera, et cetera, yes. et cetera. So you figure out what you like because I figured out I learned about sex when I was younger and I masturbated when I was younger. And so that's how come at 40, uh-uh, get up. Cause I'm not doing this. He said tap, tap on the shoulder. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Michelle. I recently, I don't know. I have a, a situation ship. If that, is that what we're calling it? it is. Friends and Why are you so scared of that? Well, I welcome, don't know. Welcome to the urban side, Shelby. We I know, but man, he ship. had this little vibrator thing. Oh. This, he brought, oh, he brought it. Oh, bring to Oh, yeah, bring he brought it. What? what? I've never experienced this. What is Are you freaking kidding me? Michelle oh, showed up with her suitcase. She's like, are we hanging out? Bag. Michelle, pull out the dossier of toys. Spin a night bag full of stuff. Come on. We want to spin it. That might be another whole conversation. Maybe that's a YouTube video showing down. Y'all, no, I know nothing about this. Let me clarify. 
I have the world's most okay. amazing vibrator. Okay. So much so I probably, I, I don't have a sex partner. By the way, if anyone's listening and you need a sex partner, I, Do you always I am taking applications, but I have never in all of my days seen nor heard of a man that brings toys to the party with the pussy. Okay. What, am I, what is happening? Tell me you about this. You are missing out. Yeah, you are missing, missing out. Michelle, tell me. Mm. So the last guy that I had my situationship with, um, yeah, brought a book bag. It was awesome. He brought a book bag? Damn. Oh, he brought a book bag. And then when I went to his house, his bedroom is set up for sex. Like his parents oh, aren't what? allowed going in the bed. sex No, 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 no. Like if they visit, you know, like my mom, <laughs> I tell her not to go in my bedroom. She opens the door, opens all the drawers. I'm like, you are going to see something you don't want to see. You Shut do not want to see, mama. <laughs> well, like, he Trust has, me, mama. You know, things on the wall and okay, I, I want to know specifics. What are the things? What was in the book bag? Yeah. Like, I want to does, know. I so just want to know. A, does he have a flogger? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't know that I used a flogger before. So okay, now I've got two stories this. going on. Michelle, Diana, you finish your story, yeah, then Diana, I gotta hear about the flogger. I will send you a picture of his lair. Um, you open the closet and it's like all, and he's like a PM too, so he's totally type A. It's all on the wall, organized, cleaned. This is like 50 Shades of Grey, bitch. Oh, yeah. He's definitely the best sex I've ever had. He knew how to please a woman. He knew how to ask. He knew how to give me space before to, like, put lotion on. Michelle, this is amazing. (laughs) I feel like this is my post-45 life. Like, I've got two children that are almost going to college. I don't think I can have the dungeon room just quite yet. But almost. You almost there, girl. On the verge. You can turn turn one of their bedrooms around, right? Yes, yes. Highly suggest the purple lighting too. It covers all like the cellular oh, wow. stuff. Oh, mm. Much better. Diana, what about the flogger? I want to know about the flogger. What's that? Is it like a whip or a crop or something? Um, no, no, no. So I've never had the the current the current uh, retired marine. He he matches my freak meter. So now I feel comfortable introducing that because I just had an order come in with the has the little back flap the booty flap and he oh. made a request and I was like yes sir let's do it um because he matches my sex drive he matches my you know freak level um so one of my deepest desires is to be flogged and introducing that to a man that's not on that level is it freaks them out and they're like Mm-mm. so um i've had to wait all of these years to meet a man that would wow. be fine with flogging just meeting somebody that can handle what i want mm. and actually deliver it was the same with anal though like a lot of Yes, she said anal, everybody. Just kidding. <laughs> Trinity, just your face. All right, this is just taking a turn. We're going through the anal. We're right? going through the backside, kids. We're going through, through the back door. Desire, and you know, you. I have to wait until I I meet a man that is okay with having these conversations because every man they might like to simply just fuck. Some of them mm. want to have sex. Some of them want to make love, but a lot of them don't really, really, really want to take you to that next level. I don't know why. So that's been my experience is that I really, really, really plug, but you know, people think it's men think it's weird. So haven't had it done. And it goes yet. back to that intimacy oh. thing too. And also like, I think personally, like understanding your bodies and being confident in yourself and just being mm-hmm. kind of in control of your sexuality allows those conversations to happen and allows those intimate moments to happen, right? Mm -hmm. Like exploring different regions, you're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Right, like you right. are vulnerable, and I you express those needs or those wants or those desires, and you're willing to kind of come together and do that. Your body does things that you know you wouldn't want to have a video and be like, "Look, well, I'm making a video. It's happening. <laughs> this happened." <laughs> We're we're just kidding, general. We're just kidding, like general. Like you know, a video that represents like you're like, hey, I I work at the school. I'm doing this, and by right. the way, do you want to see me squirt? Oh, like, sweet baby. I don't mean to go there. I'm just. Well, let's point. go. There. If we gonna go there, let's. Go. I mean, we already there. I never have. Like not oh. in what I would say. A, Y'all want to hear the freakiest story ever of all time ever? Yes. Of well, Diana, you know the story. Oh. <laughs> I have squirted one time. Oh man. One time. And here's mm. the funny part. He's also made Diana squirt. 
What? <laughs> huh? Who called me? <laughs> well, that kind of changes things a bit, don't you think? It wasn't the same night. It wasn't the same night. People in the Get It Real party it's have had skill. one person that has caused scortation. This dude. Oh, I was like, what are you doing to my body? I had no idea that my body could do such things. And then he has recently started hitting me up again. But we haven't, we haven't, because, you know, now I'm at an age, I've decided for whatever reason that I'm celibate until I'm in a serious relationship. Can someone please talk me out of this data? Because it is proving what is your very bad I don't know what's wrong with me. Really yeah. bad decision. Is that coming from your head or your pussy? Ah, I, that just, decision. I just feel like I don't want to share my pussy around with everybody. Yeah, mm. you have to respect that. I just yeah, feel like, yeah. you know, like my pussy vibes, like my pussy's kind of magical. Like I, just I feel like that too. I feel like the magic good. for the magic ones. Yeah. Like this dude, look, and you know who you are, magic. Mm. You know <laughs> who you are. If you listening, boo, you can have my pussy any fucking day of the week. Not mine no more, because I done had a whole new revelation. Right. <laughs> I mean, you still it's good. Beyond. You still good, though. You still Ooh. good, though. Um, but I feel like with, when it comes to dating, if you meet someone that matches all of the things mm -hmm. and then you're no longer in a situation with that person it creates for me I stagnated in dating because I'm like what do I do now because I met this person that intellectually you know turns me on that physically turns me on that I just I it doesn't click all the way into a relationship so it's like what do I what you want me to go date after that what how right. does that how is that possible that's where I'm at right now with the last guy. He was ethically non-monogamous and I tried it, did not work for me. Yeah. And I stuck around for the really good sex. And then I was like, my heart can't do this anymore because like Heather was mentioning, like when you go to a certain level, your body yeah. does things. I was starting to have issues afterwards or I was coming down very hard and very sad. Yeah. Wow. He didn't want to hang out with me because he's mm. ethically non-monogamous and I was yeah. a second and I was like, well, how do I become a primary? And then I'm like, wait, I don't even want to be your primary because I don't exactly. want another girl and this is weird. And so now I'm just like, done. That's so hard. So Trinity, I'm almost in the same boat as you because I know that there are men out there that can, I can reach that climactic level yeah. that I want to reach. And now I'm like, I'm so afraid that it's going to take me hundreds of dates unless I hang out with Kimberly because clearly she got the plug. Right? Um, We're just all hanging out with you. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I've learned this about myself and there's an actual word for it. I'll have to look it up. Not only am I a sapiosexual, like if you have big words, ooh, shit, oh, yes. you have big words, I will like in your face. Kimberly's Ivy League. Yes. Oh, number one. Number two, I have to have an emotional connection to really, truly orgasm. Mm -hmm. There's got to be some sort of connection. Now, it could be a really strong friendship, but there has to be some sort of true emotional connection for me to be able to get off in sex. Otherwise, I'm literally counting cracks on the ceiling. I, I'm not even present. Well, I think there's two categories. I think there's that really intense orgasmic situation that is like, oh, God. <laughs> Right. Like, and that does for me require a certain amount of emotional connection, but I think there's also that fun sex, right. That fun just like makes me feel excited, like joyous, ever kind of that. like hot. Like I'm glad I'm turning I on, turns me on. I might rub one off when I get home. Like, <laughs> I think there's that kind of sex too. Right. Yeah, which is also like valuable, which is more often than the other sometimes, you know, but not in a degrading way, but more of just like a general overall satisfying being touched, nurtured, love kind of thing, if that makes yeah. sense. But the emotional connectedness and the, that part, like those are the ones that send you just mm -hmm. you know, that's oh, that's, that's the ones that leave you like. Even someone like me who is, Shelby, what was the term that you said Kimberly was going to use where I was like, that's me, but I. Oh, consciously non-monogamous. Mm -hmm, that's me. I mean, so I think, yeah, I mean, so I just, so this is where I'm going to. And I thought Kimberly posed like a really interesting question recently, which is like, is it in your head? <laughs> like, is all of this in our heads like has society planted these seeds in our head that says you have to be in a monogamous relationship to feel love and to feel worshipped and to feel good in your own body do you have to have 
what you perceive to be intimacy, which may or may not be intimacy, because he might go be intimate with somebody else tomorrow. But I think, Shelby, you're talking about the stories that we carry around. And I think it so. Is. what happens when you don't need to make kids and you don't need to buy a house and you, yes, does the story make sense? Like soulmate, life partner, like and you don't necessarily, like you were saying, you don't necessarily want them in your house all the time. And I think we're the first generation to really experience this because we have this freedom and this empowerment mm-hmm. to take care of yeah. our own business yeah. and to decide what we want. And it's confusing because I've got no role models. It's it, the older relatives, they either like gave up sex forever or stayed with the one dude. You know, those were the two choices. And I'm like, no, I want something that's a different story. And I haven't figured it out yet either, but I think that's what you're getting at Shelby is like, are we stuck in an old story? Yeah. And then, and to your point, Kimberly, like how do we figure out what the new story is? Because getting rid of the old story is really hard to do. And not just really hard because it's hard for me to shift my mindset, but it's hard because everybody else in society mm-hmm. is watching what I do. Yeah. Like well, then that brings in the conversation of shame, right? Certain yeah. stories like this have shame. Yeah. Right? Like if you're not married and have the two kids and the white picket fence, and there's all these other families that you see, but then I'm like, wait, I'm friends with them. I I have happy hour with those wives. They're not happy. They're not oh, happy. Exactly. They are not about happy. X, Y, and Z. And yeah. I'm not negating the security. I had sex three times last night with a guy like 13 years younger. And I can't. You had sex three times last night? That's why I look so tired. I can't tell my friends because they think that I'm not doing what you're supposed to do. Like, find the guy. I'm in awe. So how do you get that mindset? It's so hard. So That is so hard. Kimberly, tell us where you are again. Where do you, where you live? Where are we going to party, Kimberly? And how far is that from me? Like five hours away. I'm on my way, honey. But Kimberly, that goes back to like when Shelby said that this party, like I, and Shelby is in my group of like close friends. And with the exception of Shelby and I, everybody else is married, right? And Shelby is, I would say, a lot classier than I am, right? (laughs) But I am the friend that you invite to the party that does the random thing that will like, we'll be in Galveston and all of a sudden if I disappear for 24 hours, as long as I text y'all that I'm not dead, you know what I mean? Or my 40th, where were we, Shelby? Oh. The 80s club, right? And like, I was yes. like, met a hot guy and they're like, they made a point to take a picture a of- British guy. guy. <laughs> Ooh, sucker for an accent, sucker for an I accent. I do, I love it, I love it. Ooh, yes. Oh. I would love a new story where Heather could be celebrated. Yeah. Like yes. we all like, hell yeah, that was awesome. You know, good for you. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. I, but the married people are bitter and miserable. And the other single people are like, no, you must find the one. The I think that's maker. because the single people have really bought into that. And and the the truth is, if it's what people want, if you want to be with that one person monogamously forever and ever and ever, okay. But if you you know, just want to be with one person, kind of sort of a little bit exclusive. That is okay. If we are in a day and age where everyone can have a pronoun, then we should also be in a day and age where whatever I do is my business. And so if I want to, you know what I'm saying? I really feel like as women, we can, we can make that choice. Now I get the question all the time. Why are you still single? Well, if I could figure that out, then I wouldn't be single, but I am. But more important, I'm not fixed on being single. I'm more fixed on having exceptional experiences whenever I do encounter other souls, because that's what we are. That's beautiful. I I want to make it whatever it is. And if our souls continue to stay connected, great. If not, okay, cool. It was an amazing experience. That's what I care about more so now than I got to be married to this one person. And that totally goes against... Christianity doctrine, but I'm like, I live in the real world and me and Jesus talk all the time. So when I get convicted, then I stop. And when I'm not convicted, Uh, then my soul is doing whatever it's doing. You know what I mean? Full Um, speed ahead. Yeah, I love that you said that because I just went back to church after 12 years being away. Mm -hmm. And I struggled with that. And the first five weeks of the year were actually about relationships. And of course, Mm -hmm. 
the last one was rated PG 13 and it was all about touch. And it was definitely all about like not going there till you're married. And they did it really well. It's a pretty liberal church. They did it pretty well, but I was like, y'all aren't in the real world. I have been unmarried (laughs) since 2009. You want me to be married? You want me to be a virgin? Like that's, that is unhealthy. Like I went a really long time. And my mother, who is the strictest Christian goes, honey, you need laid. You're getting weird. Like she <laughs> I was depressed. I wasn't confident. Like yes. I needed that connection. And then I was yes. worried my body wasn't gonna work because I was like, oh, it's been years. Wow. And then I got my confidence back and my mom's like, I see a totally different person. And this is like the most religious person ever. And she's like, go get laid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Good job, mom. Absolutely. That is such a refreshing story to hear, Michelle, because I do agree that sometimes, again, it's not just the voice of our parents or it's not just the voice of our peers, but that religious voice, too, also plays into those stories that Kimberly is articulating so well that we keep telling ourselves. And then what I think we do is we discount these experiences before we even have them because we see them as taboo when we can't even truly what if we it could have been the most amazing experience we ever had in our lives in the time of jesus there weren't very many 55 year old anybody's and multiple biblical characters had multiple wives so if you really want to dig in which was why i explored that ethical (laughs) non-monogamy like hey i don't really like you all up in my business maybe i'll like this that when i don't want to hang with you you have somebody else (laughs) And I was like, maybe this makes more biblical sense because it kind of happened in the past. You know, I, I think with, with dating, as it pertains to Christianity, would I like someone to have the same faith as me? Absolutely, because then we have another connection. Um, but the truth is, you have Christians out here that are sticking to these absolute strict rules and print because I ain't read about abstinence in the Bible I don't know I could be wrong I don't know a lot about the Bible I didn't see it but so somebody gonna have to direct me to it but nonetheless I just saying right so um you have a lot of Christians that get married and then they're unhappy because even if it does work it ain't good I want it to be amazing and there is no way that anybody should buy into the lie that oh the Lord isn't going to send me something that I don't want. Right. He's going to send you a protector, a provider, a but, 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 but he ain't going to send you a uh, daddy long stroke. That ain't in there. I think he will. I'm, I mean, my Jesus will. <laughs> <laughs> my Jesus going to send me daddy long stroke. He will send Trinity daddy long stroke and she yeah. don't even like that. But I think that's happened to an important thing, right? This important, this idea that like we have choice. We are empowered. Mm-hmm. We can make our own decisions. So if you're not rocking my world, whether that means emotionally, socially, like whatever, like I can walk away from that. And I'm yep. still this successful, independent yes. female that is yes. doing what I need to be done. Right. So yeah. I think historically there's always been this relationship with sexuality and male and female or whatever relationships in terms of like ownership right like whatever and i have found extreme pleasure and enjoyment or empowerment and just understanding that like look like so i've gone past the white picket fence the married life divorce tried to start another relationship where there was a child and we were meshing worlds and then i just realized like nope this is not going to work for me. I haven't met the person that rocks my world enough to make that decision. I'm able to take care of my business on my own. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting till my children get old enough and they're in college, which is the near future. And then I feel like I'm going to be like Kimberly. I'm going to hang out at ATMs. (laughs) When I have a place of like, that is no, not longer occupied by young people, Mm -hmm. then I can be like, hell yeah. Come over, it's Saturday. Come on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's complicated now, right? I have a friend, she's in her 70s. She met another guy, he's in her 70s. She said, oh, we have a nice relationship. He comes over, we have coffee, we meditate, and then we fuck. 
Kimberly, yeah. you are going to become BFF. I just feel it. Like the, 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 the like last couple of comments you said about I spent the last 14 hours of my life fucking. I'm like, yeah, right. I'm right. Really tired. Know, it's beautiful and, and new I shift to know. I love it. But yeah, I mean, I think that's just such a beautiful shift in ideals. And I, and I really would love to do this again, you know, in a few months and come back and really kind of get a status update on where we are. Has our mindset shifted? Has our mindset changed? Trinity and, and I were even talking about having <laughs> having men on here For and sure, yeah. talking with them, like what are their challenges? Because I really do feel like there is also a disconnect in their mindset and our mindset and what we're really looking for and sometimes i yes. really wonder if they fucking knew what we were looking for and they'd be like okay i'm in yes <laughs> not complicated we're not afraid to experience and do some stuff but i was sleeping with a guy who was very good lover very very well endowed and i was like you know let's just do the sex thing and he's like no i need to be loved and it was oh. sad i was like oh uh, send him my way, Kimberly. Send that one my way. Yes, Trinity is my love queen. Uh, Kimberly is my new hero. Like I love you with your face on it right here. Lovers. Like when I grow up, I'm gonna be Kimberly. I'm gonna be Kimberly. Kimberly, how many lovers do you have? Kimberly, yeah. Let's ask Kimberly that. Like I'm. I'm asking Kimberly. How many? Yeah, I'm gonna plead the fifth because I live in a really small town. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. It's a little complicated. But damn, if it's not hundreds in my mind. <laughs> that's, that's enough for me right there. That, that that means I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Thank you. Yes. Right. Mm. Consciously oh, non-monogamous, right? There's on here. Consciously non-monogamous. How old are you? I'm 54. Just barely. I'm 50. And apparently uh, I have so a lot it, it just gets better. Let me tell you, it just gets better. So listen, ladies, I have a lot really to learn. Does. A lot to learn in this wow. space. You know, and I think honestly, Trinity, we all have a lot to learn. And again, I just want to thank everyone for really being so raw and authentic. Like I felt like in the beginning we were all kind of tiptoeing. And then when Heather, that's what happened, Heather, wine flow. Heather, like, oh I like to keep my life private. <laughs> Bring on the toys. <laughs> thank you for all of your courage in insight, authenticity, and willingness to just speak openly on a topic that is so taboo, I think, in our world. And we're all thinking it, (laughs) but nobody is really willing to talk about it. Exactly. And I really think that this show is going to really speak to our audience. And I I want it to honestly revolutionize the conversation. Let's do it. Keep it real, crew. Let's do it. I mean, I'm ready to have a shirt that says keep it real, crew. That's right. (laughs) We got it. They're in the works, ladies. They're in the works. All right. Thank you so much. You are wonderful. Appreciate your time tonight, ladies. All right. Love you all. Love you. Thank you so much for listening today. We had so much fun having a very raw and authentic conversation around some really important topics. And here are some of the takeaways. Don't discount possible partners due to age or other taboo factors. Be open to new experiences. You just might be surprised. Number two, the feedback and communication you're able to offer a partner today will serve them in a future relationship. Three, Women have traditionally put ourselves out there for love or for approval, but have traditionally not viewed sex for our own pleasure. The confidence and experience gained in midlife can offer you the opportunity to lean in and find your own pleasure. Four, know your body and know what you want so that you can help give guidance to your partner. It will make your experience so much more intimate and rich. And number five, let's write a new narrative. Stop listening to old stories that you tell yourself and that you hear from society. You have the freedom of choice, ladies, when you are dating in midlife. You are empowered to choose what's important for you.